the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How in the world are you today? It's Tough Topic Tuesday. You ready to talk to me? Come on, let's go. Live from our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. An expert on race, religion, and relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Our phone lines are now open. 888-432-7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. That's me. Your bridge-building voice right here in the nation's capital. How in the world are you today? Well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your computer or your smartphone, uh, watching me on my socials, at Anderson Speaks is my handle there. We are live on Facebook and YouTube. And, of course, on the most listened-to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, WAVA, 105.1 FM, right here out of the nation's capital, out of Arlington, Virginia, covering the whole DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, even parts of Pennsylvania and West Virginia as well. Well, if you're new to the show, let me tell you how we roll. If you're not new, I bet you can say it with me, so let's say it together. We kick the week off with Marriage Mondays, and then Tough Topic Tuesdays, that's today, Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays, and then Open Phone in Fridays. Anything you want to talk to me about on Friday is fair game. We have a special Saturday night uh, show for you every Saturday night from 7 to 7.30. So there you have it. I'm so glad we get to connect. And today is no different. It's Tough Topic Tuesday. But we're talking today about the power of race in interracial churches with a special guest who I'm going to uh, introduce you to in just a moment. Again, if you want to give us a call, join the conversation. You can always call me at 888 Three bridge. You can also download our app, Gracism, a little phone icon there. You push that and it calls me right in the studio during the show. Let's do what we always do. We open in a word of prayer, commit our time to the Lord, and then we'll get started. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and the opportunity we have to connect and talk about race and interracial churches and what all that looks like with our great guest. We do commit the show and our guest over to you now. In the name of Jesus, together everyone said amen and amen. There are a couple other ways you can get a hold of me. You can always go to andersonspeaks.com. That's andersonspeaks.com. Or, of course, you can go to my favorite website, embracegracism.com. Gracism is an award-winning book I wrote, and it talks to us about how we can actually be gracist. Uh, extending favor to all people regardless of, maybe even because of, their color, class, or culture. Now listen, today I've got a very special guest with me. 
as we talk about the power of race in interracial churches. It's actually the subtitle of her book, and her book is wonderful. You'll see a picture up on my Facebook page, on my YouTube page, if you're looking right now. It's called The Elusive Dream, subtitled The Power of Race in Interracial Churches with uh, Dr. Corey Edwards. Dr. Corey Edwards is Associate Professor of Sociology at the Ohio State University. She's a leading scholar of race and religion in the United States and past president of the Society of the Scientific Study of Religion, an international interdisciplinary association. She's written several books and articles that address race and religion. These include today's book, The Elusive Dream, The Power of Race in Interracial Churches, and Against All Odds, The Struggle for Racial Integration in Religious Organizations. Dr. Edwards' current scholarship focuses on matters related to race and religious leadership, and she is heading uh, a national study of multiracial church pastors called the Religious Leadership and Diversity Project. This project is the most in-depth, comprehensive project ever conducted on leaders of multiracial congregations, and she did a special study uh, on interracial churches with The Ohio State University Dr. Corey Edwards, it's a joy to speak with you today. How in the world are you? I'm doing really well, Dr. Anderson. I am so grateful to be here uh, with you today. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for all the study you've been doing. I got to talk to you and ask you this question. Why did you decide to study multicultural, multiracial churches? Yeah, you know, I really, the interest began, um, well, I should say that I really, you know, I grew up in the black church, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of as an adult, I ended up attending a church that was predominantly white, and I bumped into somebody who told me about a church that they were attending, a diverse church, and, and invited me, and you know, when I thought to myself, I thought, yeah, let me check that out. I mean, that sounds really intriguing to me. I mean, we know that most churches uh, in the United States are racially segregated, yeah. and and so it was really intriguing to me. It's really interesting to me, and I and I thought, wow, that's great. I bet this is going to be a place where we're going to see um, kind of the beloved community lived out. Right. And so that's what really drew me to it. How about that? I, yeah. Yeah. Well, the idea of the beloved community is something that we all desire, not all of us, but many desire. But do we ever really get to that dream that Dr. Martin Luther King uh, talked about? And I'm sure through your studies, you learned so many different things. And when your book was passed to me by one of my pastors, it reminded me, I was like, yeah, I know Dr. Corey Edwards. She's done so much good study. And, and so I really wanted to crack the pages of the book and see what is she specifically learning. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to run to my commercial break now. When I get back, I want to ask you, what did you learn and what can we know now about interracial churches across the country and what does that mean for us in this moment? Friends, you're listening to, you're tuned into Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson.
Dr. Anderson would love for you to join his Facebook page and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Just search Dr. David Anderson on Facebook and click like for Anderson Speaks on YouTube and subscribe. They're a great way for you to connect with and follow Dr. Anderson. Plus, you can watch Dr. Anderson's radio program live or search past episodes. You can also connect with Dr. Anderson and his sponsors at andersonspeaks.com. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson on Facebook, YouTube, and andersonspeaks.com. Check him out today. Have you ever driven through your neighborhood and saw that neighbors had their grass that was way too long? They had all kinds of clovers in the grass. You're wishing as you drive silently, I wish they would mow their lawn. Well, guess what? Why don't you get them a gift? (laughs) Call Laser Landscaping and let them cut the lawn for your neighbors. Go to Laser with a Z Landscaping LLC on Facebook or give them a call if you want them to beautify your lawn. 240-516-4967 for those who live in the Prince George's County and surrounding areas. Their number once again, 240-516-4967. It's Laser Landscaping or just ask for the owner, Fidel. And make sure you tell Fidel that Dr. Anderson says. Hi, I'm Andrew Altman, founder of Best Buy Waterproofing. I hate to see people wait to replace the roof. I'm working on a roof right now where the wood underneath the shingles and the ceiling in the kitchen needs replacing because of roof leaks. Don't let this happen. Get a free estimate before the storms arrive. You deserve the best. Call Best Buy Waterproofing and Roofing. Best Buy Waterproofing before the Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. For more information about this program or for resources from Dr. Anderson, please visit andersonspeaks.com. To watch on Facebook Live or to view past episodes, visit Dr. Anderson's public figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson and click like. You can also watch live on YouTube. Just search for Anderson Speaks, all one word, and make sure to subscribe. Join our text community and receive a free weekly text from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 97000. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 97000. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's me. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. My special guest, Dr. Corey Edwards, the author of the book, The Elusive Dream, uh, the power of a race and interracial churches. And Dr. Edwards, we asked you why you engaged in uh, this study. I need to now know if you can tell my listeners what was the study, and then we'll talk about what your findings were. Yeah, so the study was a multi-method study where I did an in-depth study of a church that was racially diverse. Uh, and I was hanging out with that church for about a year and a half, did interviews with people there. Uh, including the pastoral staff as well as lay leaders and then everyday attendees. Uh, And then I also did uh, sort of a survey analysis of something called a national congregation study as well. So I I drew on a a, a good deal of data and did a lot of analysis to really understand, you know, how how do these organizations work? How do multiracial churches work? Um, 
This is the thing, Dr. Anderson, as I said before the first segment is, I, I believe still, and, and I did when I went in, um, that racially and ethnically diverse churches, there, there's a good deal of opportunity and potential yeah. for people to live out the beloved community. Right. Um, however, what I found in my, in my research is that when you begin to go deeper, when you begin to really pay attention, when you begin to watch what's going on and you begin to talk to people and hear their stories and experiences that it's not necessarily uh, fulfilling the promise uh, that people might expect. So do people become disillusioned when they're a part of interracial churches because maybe they're expecting that there would be this great unity and there's not? Yeah. Yeah. And I think what I, what I found in short is this, um, that multiracial churches work. And by work, I simply mean that they remain reasonably integrated to the extent that white people are comfortable. That ultimately people of color in these spaces end up, end up carrying a considerable burden, um, an emotional burden, um, uh, a loss uh, to make sure that they that this sort of space can continue to exist when people still come together. So um, there's a greater burden on people of color because they want to make sure that this thing stays multicultural. And in order to do that, uh, there you're always trying to make sure that white people are comfortable. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, that's uh. right. And, and so there's and, and this is this is why. And so what I what I we talk about is, you know, we live in a society, and that and, and let me let me step back. Is that sometimes what can happen is we can try to decontextualize or separate what's going on in a local church from the broader society in which it's in which it's situated. And and the reality is we live in a society that has from its inception been a white supremacist society. Yeah. And so we, and, and it continues to, to live that out. And we, we see these manifestations of this most recently uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the murders of unarmed black people, as well as other examples. Okay, so when and you so, have that happening in our society, are you saying that multiracial churches are ill-equipped to, to address these? Mm. I, I, I wouldn't want to put a blanket statement. I would rather say that. Generally speaking? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, yeah, I would say that what has happened and what we see in the research is multiracial churches. And, I'm, and let me be, I want to be a little bit more specific. I'm going to say Protestant multiracial churches. Okay. And um, they, they don't necessarily, they don't really necessarily deal with race well. They don't even deal with it well in their own context. That is to say their own local context. And so... They don't, they're not equipped uh, to deal with it outside of their context. But we can't pretend that what I think one of the big challenges is that there has been a, a way of thinking that perhaps we can detach ourselves from what's going on outside. This is the reality. The people that go to multiracial churches see. or any church, any church for that matter, you have to remember we live our lives in a, in a variety of different places 
outside of just that church, where we live, where we work, the families, the relationships we have. And so people's lives uh, consist of more than just being in that church. And it's not, it's not devoid of race and the implications of race in people's lives. Understood. So the idea of, of your church being your bubble, your safe place, there is also this imagination that maybe a multiracial church would be even more of a safe place. But then when you see things breaking racially out in the world, that same beloved community is not able to really uh, bring the comfort that maybe, let's say, if you're a black person, an all-black church might be able to bring. Or if you're a white yeah. person, a, ma- a majority white church is able to to uh, s- give you that safe space where we're just going to focus on Jesus and not the sociological issues in society. So either way, your unicultural church is giving you at least a sense of safety. A multicultural church is not giving you any of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing that I found that was and – I, and I have to admit, you know, it's, this is what we found as well. I mean, it's not just people of color, the congregants of color in these churches that have a difficult time. As you mentioned at the top of the hour, I had a comprehensive study of multiracial church pastors, and it's pastors of color who had multiracial churches who aren't finding it to be – who aren't finding spaces for safety as well. And so, But there are not many of them, or are there? Black uh, multiracial churches led by black men or women. Uh, they are disproportionately disproportionately led by white men. I see. Multiracial churches are disproportionately led by white men, huh. and so um, and that in and of itself, we could even talk about that as well. So I I think this is the main. This is what we find. Number one, multiracial churches, particularly, are are places that work to the extent that the whites in those congregations are comfortable. And what that means is that you don't challenge the normativity of what is what is presumed to be the appropriate culture, the dominant culture, so you don't challenge that. Mm-hmm. You don't bring in issues of race or talk about race. And those are the kinds of things that keep the status quo, so to speak. Interesting. Does that is that the case with multiracial churches that are also led by minorities or black people? Do they talk about it more? Do they address it more, or are they just as um, quiet on racial issues? Oh, great question. Well, you, so we we can't, again we can't the, the pastor as and you're a pastor, you know, <laughs> yes. Dr. Anderson, but pastors are leading other people. Yes. And people and a pastor is a leader to the extent that people are following the pastor. And so even if you're a person of color, then you have to – you are pastoring. You are trying to pastor white congregants and congregants of color. Right. And so it can actually put the pastor of color who's heading a multiracial church in, an interest, in a strange way in a more difficult position. Uh, because what happens is, you know, whites who are leading, what, what one thing that I found in the Religious Leadership and Diversity Project, my team and I, is that they're afforded a sense of legitimate authority. White so White people are afforded legitimate authority, and they can use that in a way that people of color may have to negotiate a bit more, pastors of color in particular. Hmm. So, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge. 
it's a challenge. So legitimacy legitimacy is lended to to whites because of the culture we're in that maybe blacks then have to negotiate. Is that what I heard? Yes, not just blacks, but other people of color. Uh huh. Okay. Other people of color. No, it's not just black people. These are pastors of color, and so absolutely, it's it's sort of an automatic because this is. I go back to this point. Whiteness. And what whiteness says is that people who are white, it's presupposed that they're expected to be in positions of power. We see that throughout our society and throughout our history. Right. And so people perceive that. And I have, and this is what is important to note as well, is that it's whites that do this, but also people of color do this too. By this, I mean congregants of color who can also reinforce some of these ideas. And so uh-huh. where does that come from? The reality is, Dr. Anderson, is that we are all living in a society that's teaching us this. It takes mm-hmm. it takes work for everybody to to not in, to undo any type of investment in a belief that certain people, based upon the color of their skin, are more worthy of being in control, of having power, their ideas being affirmed, their culture being affirmed. Everybody has to do the work. Uh, to undo that. Well, so okay, go ahead. So yeah, so 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 ultimately, um, multiracial churches, how they tend to work in the United States, they tend to be places that um, go in one direction, and this is the direction of affirming what is already in the world, which is a system that says that 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 whites and whiteness is to be central and normative. I put it this way in the elusive dream, that multiracial churches, you know, you can have a dish of ice cream that is uh, just vanilla ice cream, but multiracial churches sort of work like adding sprinkles on, a bit of rainbow sprinkles and maybe some chocolate sprinkles. And in the end, you still have a bowl of ice cream, Uh just with a little extra sweetness. Got it. And color. Got it. Let me put my number out here, 888-432. 7434 is the number if you want to give me a call or talk with Dr. Edwards about her amazing research on interracial churches. Uh, Today's topic, the power of race uh, in interracial churches. Uh, The phone number, if you're trying to memorize it because you're driving, remember the word bridge. 888-43-BRIDGE. Let's go to Springfield, Virginia and kick it off with Anonymous who's on the line. Hi, Anonymous. Welcome to the show. Hey, Doc, how are you? Excellent. Thanks for hanging with us. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that, you know, this is a phenomenal show. And and it really it really gives credit to the effort that you've tried to put in as a black pastor to try and, and pastor a multicultural church with all of these things that we've known that are barriers to your success. And yet you've been able to somewhat create an environment where, you know, everyone can feel welcome. Because as she, as the guest speaker is saying, these are things that African Americans have always known. We've always had to do this song and tap shoe to make whites feel comfortable, whether in corporate America or in churches or whatever. Because my white brothers and sisters, and I call them out all the time, really don't want to hear about our aches and pains in our struggles and our problems. And that's what blows my mind, 
that we're supposed to be Christ followers. We're all supposed to be one, and yet you care nothing about my struggle, my pain, or anything that I've gone through. And until you do, I'm fascinated to know how you can read through scriptures, see the verses that you see about loving people at a deep love, and yet it does not touch you in any way, shape, or form. And that's all I have to say. Thank you, Carla. I appreciate it. Uh, Dr. Edwards, how do you respond to that, just hearing that? Yeah. My first response to that, Dr. Anderson, is just the, is the pain. The pain does come through, not only, and I hear this, the caller's pain and the pain that I hear in my research. And that what, what, what has happened is, in many ways, what happens is, is the gospel of Jesus Christ of our Jesus, our Lord, has in a sense been minimized or sacrificed, that we are called to mourn with those who mourn. Right. We're called to see. And so I, I, um, that's, that's my heart just, um, has a, a good deal of empathy. But your, your, uh, your research also underscores the caller's uh, thought there that, uh, White folk, at least prior to COVID here and, and, and George Floyd, aren't really interested in feeling black pain. So we can be together as long as whites are comfortable. Uh, yes or no on that before the break? I got three seconds. Yes. All right, I'm coming, I'm coming right back. This is Real Don Crow here talking with local expert realtor Christy Moore, and she's sharing some amazing statistics with me. Don, what most people don't know is that 42% of the properties listed in the DMV will not sell. There are over 115 variables that affect your bottom line when you decide to sell your house. Our team of experts know how to navigate those variables to ensure your home sells at a great price in the time frame you need. With thousands of transactions closed and over 100 years of experience, if you decide to take our advice, you will sell your house. We've sold dozens of homes that didn't sell the first time for at or more than the previous asking price and typically in less than 30 days. Contact Christy Moore at 866-404-5858. That's 866-404-5858. One more time, contact Christy at 866-404-5858. Why not give her a call right now? Most of our children and grandchildren are finishing this school year online. You can make plans now for a Christian school education for your child or grandchild this fall. And WAVA makes it affordable with our half-priced Christian school tuition opportunity. Simply go to WAVA.com, use the keyword school, or click on the school bus to see the schools offering half-price tuition this fall. We have schools participating in Bowie, Olney, Laurel, Frederick, Dale City, Fairfax, and Falls Church. Go to WAVA.com, keyword school. Alexa can play WAVA-FM and hear us wherever you are on our mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, or Radio.com. New Look Home Design, offering contact-free roofing estimates and installation with no interest, no payments for six months. Visit NewLookHomeDesign.com. Family Life Today with Bob Lapine and David and Ann Wilson is heard weekdays at 7.30 a.m. on 105.1 FM WAVA. Why do you think some of the top investors in the world are buying gold? 
Recently, a handful of billionaires have been accumulating gold over other forms of investments. When the world's financial moguls like Sam Zell begin choosing metals, perhaps it's time you listen and follow suit with your own personal investments. Gold is formally recognized as a hedge against currency depreciation and inflation. Take David Einhorn as one example. Einhorn founded Greenlight Capital in 1996 and surged that fund from $900,000 to as high as $11 billion. Einhorn believes that the central bank's recent stimulus efforts will have an effect on pushing up the value of gold. He keeps 10% of his firm's value stored in gold bullion. If you're interested in knowing more about gold, platinum, and palladium, call Noble Gold for a no-pressure consultation. They have the most experienced representatives and an exclusive pipeline to metal sources. Visit them at noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Welcome to the second half of the show. It's Tough Topic Tuesday. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the power of race in interracial churches. And we have our uh, researcher with us, Dr. Corey Edwards. She's the author of the book, The Elusive Dream, The Power of Race in Interracial Churches. She was uh, with uh, Ohio State University as, as an associate professor of sociology there. She's a leading scholar on race and religion. She's written several books on the topic. If you're just joining us, you should be glad that she's here hanging out with me on Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson because she's giving us research here and her findings. She's even heading a national study on multiracial church pastors called the Religious Leadership and Diversity Project. It is the most in-depth comprehensive project ever conducted on leaders of multiracial congregations. Dr. Edwards, thank you for being on the program today. So grateful to be here with you. So the majority of multiracial churches are led by white pastors, not um, black pastors like myself. Why is that, in your opinion or in your research? Yeah, great question. Well, there's, there's a, the main reason is this. If we're, churches that are diverse begin in two ways. They, one, begin because churches have um, experienced uh, perhaps some flight, and then they have people coming into their church. The church may have started out white, and then over time, people of color have moved into the neighborhood, and then they've decided to reach out to them, and the church becomes diverse. Got it. Another way it begins is churches decide to start start diverse. However, what we don't see is white people going to churches that are predominantly black. Uh-huh. We don't see white people going to churches that are predominantly uh, Latino, right? And so, so this is really important, the direction in which the directionality of this. I see. This also indicates and demonstrates that this is, has, it's not really about the integration, it's about some power dynamics as well, because of course white people can go to go to, go to black churches. There are all kinds of black churches there in D.C. the D.C. area, right? Right. Um, it's there, but you, we don't see that, and so that's one of the what's going on here. They're not going to they're not going to churches of color to diversify those. So when a church is getting diverse, it's because non-diverse uh, because mo- minority people, diverse people are going to white churches, that's what's making it diverse, not the opposite. You don't have white people saying, you know what, I want to be a part of a diverse church, so I'm going to now go to a place where I may be the minority. I may be in 20%, 30%, 
but I want to go there. That's not the, the directionality of multicultural churches in the country. Absolutely. That is, that is not what happens. Uh-huh. It, what, it happens in the way where people of color are starting to walk to churches that are largely white, and then over time, uh, they'll become increasingly diverse. And, and we also see dynamics like this that we see in neighborhoods and such, that over time, these churches become increasingly people of color. And so we will see the dynamics of what we call white flight in neighborhoods. We can also see those in churches. Uh-huh. Right? But then it begins, well, there's too many people of color here, and whites begin to to leave. And what's interesting, what's interesting about the elusive dream, it was actually my not, it was majority people of color, so African-American, and even still headed by a black pastor, and even still that church was looking more like a white conservative Protestant church than uh-huh. it was a diverse church. I see. Right? And so the pattern is, um, is consistent. And it's not just my research, it's others who sure. do work in this area as well. But multiracial churches are still in your research, not just your opinion, but in your findings, uh, modeled after a white church model in order to, because they like it or because that is the strategy of keeping keeping white folk? Mm, that's a great question. Well, it's definitely, um, people recognize uh, that this is how you will keep white people. Mm-hmm. Um, I even we even in my research for pastors of multi of multiracial churches, they've spoken particularly the Protestant ones have spoken directly about this. Uh, some pastors of color have even shared with us that they wouldn't even when they were planting churches they wouldn't even put their picture up so that the people wouldn't know that the pastor was <laughs> a person of color. Right. Yeah. And 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 it, this is and this to me was quite disheartening to hear. Yeah, right? yeah. But it was just a real recognition of what they experienced and what they knew. And so they, um, they were navigating, remember I talked sure. earlier about navigating a highly racialized uh, white supremacist society. Sure, and they're, sure. they're, they're making practical decisions based upon that. Yeah, well, you know, here I am, an African-American pastor. I've been doing this for 28, 29, almost 30 years. And sure enough, they put my face on a flyer. I said to my marketing people, listen, let's get some other faces that are not like mine so people can at least see it's multicultural. Because if it's just me, we know that folk are going to be like, well, that's, you know, a black pastor. That church is not for me. Or they presuppose what that church is going to be like. And so uh, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. I'm so glad you have the research to go with it. Um, I've got to run to my next break, and I'm going to do that now, but I do have one caller, uh, and I want you to think about this uh, through the break, and that is, what is a healthy level of discomfort so both sides can grow? Let me say it again. What is a healthy level of discomfort so both sides can grow? When we come back, we're going to talk more with uh, Dr. Edwards. Of course, uh, we'll get over to you, Prince George's County. We'll get over to you, Fairfax, Virginia. We might get to you as well on the road in Maryland. Hang in there. We're coming right back. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Does your church have legal challenges? McCullum & Associates has experience with pastor-church relations, administration and organizational issues, church liability and risk management, and real estate matters. This firm understands the legal aspects of the problems as well as the spiritual implications of those same problems inside and outside the court. Call McCollum and Associates today at 301-864-6070. That's 301-864-6070. 
1-800-227-6070. When asked the question raised by her professor, why are you here at Omega Graduate School? Sebla Digluhailu answered in one of her essays like this. I was not there just to add a prefix to my name, though that would feel good. The greater purpose of my preparation at OGS is to fulfill my mandate to be a change agent. The doctoral study is a time of preparation for me to see and to think, to understand the times, and to craft my way in fulfilling my calling. Sebla Digluhailu, a current doctor of philosophy student from Ethiopia, is a counselor and adjunct psychology professor who hosts a weekly radio show in the capital city of Ethiopia and is an advocate for empowering women and children. What is your profession and how can OGS help you grow to the next level in your graduate education? Dr. David Anderson is the new chancellor of Omega Graduate School, formerly known as Oxford Graduate School, and your education as a working adult is important to him, to God, and to all who will be changed in the world because of your important research. Go to OGS.edu today and apply or call 1-800-933-6188. Want more Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson? You can now catch Dr. Anderson's half-hour radio highlight show on Saturdays at 7 p.m. right here on WAVA 105.1. You'll enjoy recent conversations he's had with callers to this show. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition, Saturday, 7 p.m. on WAVA. Check it out. For more information about Dr. Anderson, visit andersonspeaks.com. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. The Elusive Dream is her book, Dr. Corey Edwards. Subtitle is The Power of Race in Interracial Churches. Uh, Christopher Cunningham writes, I'm a black pastor of a mostly white congregation. It is challenging to say the least, but it is possible. I agree with Dr. Edwards that we are used to having whites in charge. It takes a special white person to attend a church-led by a black man. Uh, Mike uh, Perez asked the question, what is a healthy level of discomfort so both sides may grow? What do you think about that, Dr. Edwards? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. Um, I, I think I would, re- I would respond to it this way, Dr. Anderson, that it really goes back to how do we live out the gospel and what is the good news there? So really, I, it's not so much a, well, one person, one group should be this uncomfortable and another group should be this uncomfortable. Rather, are we living out the gospel in the way that we ought to? And I think one of the challenges that comes with multiracial churches is they, they are aiming to either, one, they want to be diverse, or two, they're trying to survive because people have left the church, so they're bringing people of color in. Mm-hmm. Um, but rather than saying, are we living out the gospel? Right. And, what, and so rather than doing that, uh, they're focusing on diversity. And this is what I say. That could be a big challenge. It should be the gospel first. And uh-huh. the gospel is about grace. As you know, you talk yeah. about that. The gospel is about mutual submission. It's about love. Is this a place where you have shared power? Is this a place where there's justice being done? Yeah. Um, and, and if we're doing that, then that, that really should be what we're addressing. See, my problem, with, so I, my problem with that, Dr. Edwards, is churches for generations in America, Protestant white churches and black churches, yeah. uh, have been saying that for years. We're living out the gospel. We ought to be feeding the hungry. We ought to be doing all this. But their churches are yeah. still radically segregated. And so, yeah. you know, even multiracial churches want to do that. 
non-multiracial churches or unicultural churches, they want to do that. But there are these barriers that you're talking about in your research that I think is very helpful because it says, okay, let's let's all agree the gospel is important. Let's all agree love and justice Mm -hmm. and kindness and Jesus answers Jesus. Okay, got it. But what are yeah. some of the structures that are in place that are causing white flight or or, or black uh, sadness or disillusionment or Asians, Hispanic yeah. feeling like it's a black-white issue and they don't fit? I mean, those are some of those real issues with multiracial churches, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and so when I said that, I, I, I meant, um, you know, talking about living out the gospel, yeah, I guess I could have come off as a little... Right, but what I was really saying was that that was the real um, dream. No, you were telling us the real dream. You were telling us the beloved community. Dream, right? I got because you. This is what this is what Dr. King, you know, talked about. Yeah, we like to say he he said, "Hey, racial integration is where we go." But really, if we look at what he was talking about, and mm. you study study his sermons and all of that, he's talking about justice. Yeah, he's talking about equality. And so we we like to jump to integration without first dealing with justice and equality. What I'm talking about in the elusive dream and in my other work is, are we sharing power? Right. Is there shared power? Right. When I talk about mutual submission, we, I I don't, I I don't want that to be a word, a phrase that's saying like, well, real quick, I want to say, no, really, are we really living out mutual submission where you are willing to submit Mm. to a person of color? Right. Right. Are you willing to really do that? And do, is, is the voice, is everyone's voice respected and, and heard at the table or only certain voices? Who has power to be at the table? Who gets invited to the table? Who doesn't get invited to the uh-huh. table? When and why? Right? So I wouldn't necessarily frame it as comfort. It might end up being that the people who tend to have power in, in society and end up in these, in these contexts may have to be really uncomfortable. Mm. And so I wouldn't phrase it necessarily like that. Yeah. In fact, it probably is uncomfortable. And it may be especially uncomfortable because you're not used to being uncomfortable. Right. You it, see, but people of color are used to being uncomfortable. We we are uncomfortable a lot of the time because we aren't in places where we are where we are in control and in power. Right. And, and being able to influence what's going on, which can be so disconcerting for a white person. Like, like oh, yeah. it's it's a muscle that may not have been uh, exercised for most of their life, and so now when they get in these situations, it it it's a discipline uh, to to realize, wow, I may not be in power, I may not be the most comfortable. Um, that 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 is an interesting learning here, I think, for someone who might be listening, because it's important to understand that there's some people that live with that level of dif- discomfort all the time in society. And what they yeah. want, especially if you're black, what you might want is a relief from that discomfort in society. So you go to the black church, which provides Absolutely. that sense of relief. And then here you got Absolutely. a black guy like me saying, no, come to my multicultural church and give up some more. <laughs> you're not going to get gospel mm-hmm. every week now, uh, black gospel music every week now. You're not going to get the hooping that, that makes you so inspired like you might normally. So what I say to my black folk that need that, because we all do to some degree, you have to supplement. <laughs> okay. Mm, you have to take yeah. some, you have to take your black gospel supplements. You have to supplement to get that fix that you need. But if you're gonna be a part of the dream, there's something you're gonna have to give up. Yeah, and, and well and so I think that, you know, I, I will return to this this point though, of yeah, for white people they will more than likely be uncomfortable. I think about uh this 
when the Lord talks to what, what was often the person often referred to as the rich young ruler, and the person was basically being asked to give up everything to follow the Lord. Now, you imagine he must have felt extremely uncomfortable in that moment. Right. But that was the ex- expectation of yeah. somebody who had a high level of status in society. How about that? And so that might be what is expected of people. And in fact, if I, when you read these things in the Gospels and also the Old Testament, um, that's not uncommon for for that to be expectation. So I would rather, when I talk about living out the gospel and following the heart of our God, we understand that our God is a God of justice, our God is a God of grace, our God is a God of balance and righteousness. Got to get her book, and, friends, The Elusive Dream, The Power of Race in Interracial Churches. Hold on, Dr. Edwards. Let me uh, see if I can snag a couple calls really quickly. I've got Mark in Prince George's County, Maryland. Hi, Mark. It's Dr. Anderson. How you doing? Hey, Dr. Anderson, this is Dr. Mark Whitlock, pastor of Reed Temple AME Church. Oh, God bless in, you, sir. Uh, Prince George. God bless you, too. I, I got to celebrate uh, Dr. Edwards. She's spot on. I've I been in my church now, which is 99.9% black, and I moved from Orange County, California, where I pastored a church called Christ Our Redeemer, which is 2% black. And so <laughs> she really is talking. She 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 really is sharing. Because we try to become a in Orange County, California, we try to become a multicultural church. Yeah, uh, because it was part of the vision. You know, church is still the most segregated day of the week. But we got pushback sometimes from our members because they're saying, "I came to your church because I'm looking for the black experience huh. in a mostly white community." So why why are we trying to do this? I can go to Rick Warren at Saddleback to right. do this. I came here to hear some good, strong gospel music, to hear some good, strong black preaching. You better preach. vertical and horizontal <laughs> preaching. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. And then uh, we got it. We started doing the multicultural thing. And then it was interesting because we put a couple of white people on the board and man, they look at power differently mm. than black people. In other words, I, by my white members, they call me Mark. By my black members, I was Dr. <laughs> Whitlock or Pastor Whitlock. And so it's, 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 it's a lot more. And then what is multicultural? I think we in the black church think black and white, but the reality is it's Latino, white, Asian, amen. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I, I just want to applaud the challenges of a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-racial congregation. Yeah. It's much easier said than done. It's Thank you, Pastor Whitlock. <laughs> we we, we got to connect up sometime. Welcome to the area. Uh, Dr. Uh, Edwards, God bless you, sir. I'm going to let you go. Dr. Edwards, I got 30 seconds here, but when you hear that, what what resonates with you? Two things resonate with me. One, people of color do need spaces where people can just be. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't pretend that that's not true. So he's absolutely right on that. Number two, my hope is that not just multiracial churches, but that all churches lean into the redistribution of power mm. Period. Mm. and justice. This is not the work of just multiracial churches. This is the work of the church. That's right. That I like it. Regardless of the racial composition, should be addressing issues of inequality and injustice. Wow, man! If and that if that problem. happened, Doc, that dream would no longer be elusive. We'd be living out the gospel. Hey, listen, I'm coming Amen. right back. It's real talk. 
with Dr. David Anderson. 105.1 FM, WAVA. Hi, I'm Patrick Fingles, owner of New Look Home Design. We could all use a little easy in our lives. At New Look, we make getting a new roof easy. Getting a contractor to just call you back can be challenging. New Look has a customer service team ready to take your calls and help with your project. No more unreturned phone calls. Find out why over 30,000 homeowners have chosen New Look to do their roof. Paying for your roof has never been easier. Through July 31st, save 50% on all roofing materials and qualify for five years interest-free financing. And our price is backed by our price guarantee, where we beat any qualified contractor's estimate. Great customer service, guaranteed low pricing, and interest-free for five years? Don't you wish everything in life could be as easy as getting a new-look roof? Call 800-279-5300. That's 800-279-5300. NewLookHomeDesign.com. While we can't make everything easy, we can make roofing easy. So this is a true story. Quarantine 2020. My buddy is trying to convince his 8-year-old daughter to finish her spelling in the midst of their homeschooling. She's begging to go outside and play. So she says with confidence, Dad, hello, H-E-L-O. I've got spelling down. What I took from the story was, teachers are crazy awesome. They're just built with some advantages that allow them to educate our kids in awesome ways. And at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're blessed with a pretty special advantage in our world. Our team is lucky to be an arm of a bigger company that is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. UMC Mortgage Company, Melbourne, New York. Animalist number 1330. AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Every finance or refinancing charges may be higher for life of loan. Throughout history, the Bible has been celebrated for its inspiring stories of healing. With that in mind, Museum of the Bible is honoring healthcare workers by offering them free admission. For a limited time, all healthcare workers who bring their identification will be admitted to the museum for free. Bring the whole family and enjoy award-winning attractions and immersive exhibitions in a spacious, safe environment. Just two blocks off the National Mall, Museum of the Bible. We're open and ready for you. Everyone deserves a good story. That's why Family Fiction is devoted to compiling and celebrating Christian stories of all kinds with a newsletter, digital magazine, and updates. Find it all at FamilyFiction.com. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. When you change your station, you change your life. 105.1 FM, WAVA. Hello, friends. This is Janice Fonseca, producer of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. I want to thank you for joining us on this thought-provoking radio show where Dr. Anderson creates a safe, uncommon table to build bridges where there's a divide. Because like he says, comprehension begins with conversation. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson is a nonprofit ministry, and it is made possible with generous listeners like you. Would you consider partnering with us? It's really easy. Let me tell you how. Go to andersonspeaks.com and click on the Donate button. Consider giving a monthly donation. If you're a business and want to sponsor Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, email me at info at andersonspeaks.com. Together we can build bridges and have great conversations on Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Become a partner or a sponsor and go to andersonspeaks.com and donate. 
Join us again tomorrow at 3 p.m. and Saturday at 7 p.m. We want you to be part of this conversation. We can't do this without you. We look forward to your partnership and sponsorship. Andersonspeaks.com. And thank you so very much for your support. And remember, if you have a wet basement, a smelly basement, mold, mildew, you've got dripping paint stains on your roof, guess what, on your ceiling, guess what? Best Buy Waterproofing are ready to serve you. All you got to do is give them a call, tell them I sent you. They're going to hook you up, give you a great price, and give you wonderful service. Go to bestbuywaterproofing.com or give them a call directly and tell them Dr. Anderson sent you. Their number is 844-980-3707. I have enjoyed this hour. It's gone way too quickly with Dr. Corey Edwards. You've got to get her book. Her name, Corey, is spelled with a K, K-O-R-I-E. Dr. Corey Edwards. Her book is The Elusive Dream, subtitled The Power of Race in Interracial Churches. Groundbreaking research that's going to serve the Church of Jesus Christ well. As we think about the future of the church, Dr. Edwards, uh, in your final words here, we've got about a minute left. I'd love to hear some final comments from you. Thank you so much, Dr. Anderson. I would, for me, I would love as a believer to see that not only um, churches themselves are becoming racially and ethnically diverse, that we begin to see mutuality, sharing of power and resources across churches, Mm -hmm. whether it's a predominantly white church or predominantly black church, that we become the church, that we are united doing the work of God. Because the shared power and shared resources is not just in individual organizations, it's across. Mm -hmm. It's across organizations as well. And so that is is my hope and prayer, that we can really move toward um, undoing and challenging the impact of white supremacy in the, in the church in America and living out the beloved community that we are called to live out. Well, God's called us to it, and he's called people like you as great sociologists to teach us, to give research, to help empower what we're doing. Thank you for your good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you, my dear sister. Thank you so much. May the Lord bless you as well. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity you give us to learn how we truly can love one another, how we truly can serve together hand in hand, arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, from heart to heart. Give us what we need in order to be your heart and your hands on the earth. For it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen.